What it do? What it do? What's happening, guys? Welcome into the Creating Space Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Knight, and your boy is excited today. Man, I get to realize a dream today, and I get to do that with all of you guys. I can remember years ago when the idea to start a podcast began, and I thought, man, how incredible would it be to actually have a video portion of this podcast at some point? Maybe one day I'll get out from underneath my closet here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I'll be able to bring these interviews to life and be able to see and feel and have context to exactly each guest's story so that you could view them, watch them, and engage with them as they told their inspiring stories. Man, today we get that incredible opportunity. Today is the launch of the YouTube page, the launch of the official collaboration with Wheelhouse Media. The guys at Wheelhouse Media are ninjas. They are the best in the industry here in Charlotte. Uh, They are nationally accredited uh, and their content speaks for itself. So I am completely honored to have this Creating Space podcast completely powered by Wheelhouse Media in its evolution now into the YouTube page with a full video interview that you guys can now watch. We're launching with the queen of royal change, the queen of the queen city, Sydney Cummings. And if you guys can't get enough of her story and audio version, you got to get over to YouTube and check it out in the video version. I'm going to leave it down in the show notes below. You'll be able to link out, check out the YouTube interview. You'll be able to check out Wheelhouse Media and all the things that they've got going on. One of the best creative content companies in the entire planet. And I am honored, completely honored to be working with these guys. It's been a fantastic experience. So I can't wait for you guys to get into the audio version, but I would love, love, love if you guys would do me a huge favor. Jump over to the YouTube page, subscribe. The link will be left below. Give it a subscribe. Check it out. Sydney's story is incredible, and she's got an unbelievable way of telling her story. So go check it out. Give me a subscribe. It would mean the world to me. And look, guys, what I want this to serve to you as is a reminder that your dreams are real, that the things that you visualize in your mind, you're you're connected to those things. And that as long as you wake up every day and choose to impose your will in that direction, that singular focused direction of where you want to go and what you want to experience, if you wake up every day and you put consistent effort toward that, you will build momentum in a way that it will bring and attract those dreams into your life. People and doors will come to you and open imaginary, somewhat impossible things that you thought were roadblocks that you could never get over. If you wake up every day and consistently work towards those dreams, you will begin to realize those dreams. I cannot stress that enough, guys. I never want you guys to lose the faith that your dreams can become a reality. Let this collaboration with Wheelhouse serve as an example that you're so much more connected than you think to your dreams. And you're so much closer than you realize. All it takes is consistent effort every single day, expanding your capacity and chosen moment after moment, even when it's hard, even when you feel like you're alone, even when you feel like you want to quit, even when you feel like you don't have anything left, you keep going. Your dreams are closer than you realize. All right. I promise you that. I promise you that. This Sydney Cummings interview should serve as even more of an example as just how much human capacity truly is. All right. Without any further ado, guys, let's get it. What up, guys? What's happening? Welcome back to Creating Space here at the beautiful Wheelhouse Media Studios in the heart of Charlotte. This individual is the queen of Charlotte, the queen of royal change. And it's facts that if I were to stand up straight on this studio, she could high jump over me. Former West Virginia uh, high jump athlete and now the queen of royal change. 169,000 subscribers on YouTube, 769 total videos in just over a year's time. When you talk about consistency, this individual, Sydney Cummings, is all about it. Sydney, welcome to Creating Space. I can't wait to have you Thank you. you. What an intro. Holy cow. I know, right? Thank you. I I have to come with the energy because anyone who's ever come to your YouTube channel Mm -hmm. will feel it bursting through the screen. Yeah, I can feel Um, what you were feeling in your intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, guys? Exactly. I totally get it. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. 
Listen, have to match it. Um, it is so uh, well overdue mm. for us to have this conversation. I'm really mm-hmm. excited to have you here. Um, first and foremost, five foot eleven was your your tallest. Yeah, uh, almost jump. six foot. That's unbelievable. Close. It's six foot, but yeah, it was a couple inches taller than me. So I was like, that's that's a good enough. I think I've seen a video of you catching an alley oop and dunking as well. Yeah, it yeah. might have been an altered rim height, but I mean, maybe it did. <laughs> it looked ten feet. You had yeah, me fooled. We'll go for it. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so before we get into all of this that is now the Royal Change brand uh, yeah. that you built, which is the best in Charlotte for sure Thank and you. one of the fastest growing I know in your industry, in the fitness industry online, let's talk a little bit about um, the word consistency that really comes to mind when I look at you and, mm-hmm. and, and Dustin, who we'll introduce later, yeah. who's your husband. Yeah. Um, what I really want to talk about is, let's, let's get back to your youth, okay. uh, track and field. Yes. It is individual athlete sport for the most part. Yeah. I stayed away from individual sports because yeah. I can't rely on myself that much yeah. to push myself yeah. through all that it takes to, to get to the next level there. Where did that sort of uh, drive and love for track and field begin? And, and let's start there. Uh, yeah, I was always an athlete my whole life. I did basketball, soccer. wasn't great at soccer, so I commend you on that. But I tried, <laughs> you know, a lot of sports just growing up and uh, when I got to middle school, it was volleyball and basketball, and I was just long and lanky, and they are like, why don't you try hurdles? Why don't you try a long jump? Why don't you try a high jump? And so I tried it, and I think it was seventh or eighth grade, I won, like, the county championship in high jump, and mm. it was a big deal, but, I mean, I, it was probably not really that high comparatively outside of West Virginia, but I was like, well, maybe I'll, I'll stick with this and, and see where it goes. And I didn't stop playing all the other sports, but I kept with track. Um, it was different, though. Like you said, it's it's all individual. So you practice as a team, you train as a team, and then it's like spotlight on you. So yeah. you're running your own race or you're jumping your own bar, and it was different than basketball and volleyball. But in a way, I kind of liked it because kind of like now I controlled my own destiny. Like you, you figure out it's totally up to you how hard you want to work. Sure. If you want to slack off, it's only going to be reflective of you and your work ethic. So. Wow. Um, it did sometimes stink. Like if you had a bad day, it's just a bad day. Like your teammates can't pick you up. But. Sure. So, yeah. So I'm a big proponent of exposure. You know, I, I remember in my career, it wasn't until I started to see the next level with my own eyes that I began to have a zest and a, and a next level uh, excitement for getting there. And that fell into all of my training habits and yeah. made me fall more in love with the game. Yeah. Was there a certain coach that helped you to fall in love with with track and field to want to take it to West Virginia or was it when you sort of did you go to a track and field event at the college level that really made you want to get there Um, what was that sort of precipice point I did have um, an AAU track coach there's in track the summer leagues are USA track and field and AAU track and field and so coming out of middle school going into high school we had really bad high jump facilities like it was a very small town we kind of were shoved into the end zone of the football field which was concrete and it was broken so I would actually go to a university in our city's track and practice there my dad would take me there after school every day Mm. and so that's when I met um, my AAU track and field coach but I now call him my godfather he's just a part of our family Um, but meeting up with him he was like, we're, we're not just going to stay in Charleston. Like, we're going to get you out there, and we're going to get you seeing what competition's like outside of West Virginia sure. and what you'll be running into at the collegiate level because you have the potential, but so far your exposure has been, you know, West Virginia schools, same level as you, you know. So we got out and traveled all over the country, um, won a couple AAU championships, national championships, the USA track and field championships, and that kind of gave me that taste for – there are people that are either better than me or at that level, yeah. and it's not just like Sydney wins again. You know, right, it's right, not right. to be conceited, but it was like that sure. was a new level for me that I was challenged by, and I was like, okay, this this could be. And how a whole intoxicating level. is that level of competition when you get to a really professionally run track and field, yeah. you know, event? Yeah. Um, and it's like it, the energy. It's like I know you know it. It's sure. the energy in in the whole place, like in the stadium. There's, for us, there's events going on all the time so as you're high jumping someone's running a hundred meter run or someone's long jumping so it's it's the energy about like this elite level of competition and everyone is competing at the same time so yeah yeah, it was track and field is i love it so much in in my house tim smith who's an artist friend of mine from uh i believe he's from new jersey asked me on online he said wes i want to make a painting for you if there's one painting i could make for you what would it be 
And I thought back to my childhood, and I'll never forget Michael Johnson mm -hmm. in Atlanta in 96 with the gold sneakers running the oh 400, gosh, 200 yeah. meters. So electric, such a fun, uh, you know, type of competition just oh wasn't gosh. for me. I had to I had to be with a, with a team. <laughs> right, right. Um, all right, so, so we're in West Virginia mm -hmm. and competing, you're at national championship level type competition, mm -hmm. but we all know that to get to the Olympic level, right, where there's sponsorships, like it's super competitive. Were, were you in that landscape? Like were you in mm -hmm. that conversation to get to Olympic level trials and, and that kind of thing? What was the end of your, back end of your college career looking like? Yeah, the back end of college career, I qualified for the national championships, but I was still about four or five inches from Olympic qualifying level. So, wow. um, you know, they had pe women from all over the world who were a lot taller than me. Sure. You know, not that that's ever the determining factor of height, but I was not quite to the Olympic level, but there's a huge gap between college and uh, being any type of professional in track. Like yeah. the sponsorships are very limited and either you're done with your track career or you're an Olympian. So there's no Got like it. next level, like overseas basketball or like any other options for track and field athletes besides like Olympics, which is unfortunate, but sure. yeah. So you saw the window closing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In essence. Unfortunately, yeah. Take us back to that moment because my transition out of sport, fortunately enough for me, I got the awesome opportunity to play seven year career afterwards. Yeah. But with the injury that it, it preempted my, my, the ending of my career to happen way faster. I didn't yeah. really see it coming. Where, where was your mindset towards the end of the career where you see the window coming and you're looking to transition? Take us back to that moment uh, of transitioning in your life. Yeah, that was tough because I'd been an athlete my whole life and I didn't know life not being an athlete. So there was a period after that where I was like, what do people do for working out? Like, what is, where's the fun in working out anymore when there's no competition for it? Like, right. there, there's no fulfillment in terms of, uh, of exercise. After can you this. work out without competing right now? Like, do, uh, do, do, can I, you shut it off? I don't think so. Me neither. I think it's trained in me. Like, yeah. I think to a certain extent, I, well, for me, I'm kind of doing uh, a performance every day as well. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like I'm training, I'm thinking about how to educate people, and I have to make sure I'm performing, giving energy, and also I want people to see me crushing it so it influences right. them to crush it as well. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, it's, giving it's, them all the energy for them to yeah, pick off of. Yeah, because uh, no one wants to train with a boring trainer. Like no one <laughs> wants you to just like watch someone and be like, exactly. okay, this right. isn't really enjoyable. Like it's about sure. the experience. Um, very cool. So, so the, the window's closing mm -hmm. and starting to transition. And are you thinking about staying in, in West Virginia? Are you looking to move to Charlotte? Where, where, what's the, the change there that's, that's looming? What happens next? So after that, I go to, I think the next safest option being from West Virginia, it's very traditional. It's very, you do what is safe, like you're a doctor, you're an accountant, or you're a nurse, or you're something with job security is like number one there. So um, my thought after college, my career was over, I was like, well, I should just go into nursing because I, I love taking care of people and I love learning about the body and I love making sure that, you know, I can help someone improve their health in some way. So I went back to nursing school um, and Dustin had actually moved to Charlotte already to pursue his career in banking. Okay. So it was kind of like a limbo phase where I was doing what I thought was safe and I was doing what, I love nursing, like I love studying about the body and taking care of people, but um, it was still like I had this loss of fulfillment. Like you were I, doing it for other people to satisfy others. You weren't necessarily tuned into what, right. what fulfilled you at yeah. the moment. Yeah, like it was safe. It would be, sure. I didn't necessarily think I wanted to stay in West Virginia. So I thought if I go to nursing school, no matter where I go, I'll be able to have a job. Yeah. And they'll have security, it'll have benefits. And right. everyone was like, you know, this is a great decision. This is what you should do with your life. And I still just kind of felt like, I don't know if so this you is it. When I think Sydney, I think success. I think success principles, right? I think drive, whatnot. But that's because you put yourselves in, in your strengths and your passions. What does it look? What does Sydney look like? What version of Sydney is it where she's not fulfilled? Where she's not excited about what she's doing every day? How are you in, in that season of your life where the, you knew that it wasn't yeah. that path wasn't for you? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it, it just kind of goes down to not that you're necessarily going to feel amazing every day that you do your job, but I think I just knew that the potential for me wasn't going to be reached if I was in a hospital every day. And I right. have nothing but respect for nurses and that profession. I, I love the body and taking care of people, like I said, but I felt like 
potential would be cut off at a certain limit for me. Like I couldn't do more for someone than protocol or I couldn't do sure. um, staying in the hospital for 16 hours and not seeing daylight. And, you know, I just thought that it would be a great career. It would be fun and I would enjoy taking care of others, but I didn't think I would be wholeheartedly going to work every day. Like, yes, I can't wait yeah. to, to yeah, change yeah. someone's life. You know, it was just gonna be like, there's a ceiling there for yeah. me, so. So did Dustin have to drag you from West Virginia? Or was it pretty no. seamless transition? Yeah, no, we, we're both from West Virginia. So it, we kind of like moved back home afterwards and he worked in an accounting firm there and then he left to go to Charlotte. And I was like, well, I'll finish out nursing school and then I'll come there. I'll for sure have a job in Charlotte and um, went to visit him over the summer. And that's kind of where I was offered a position um, to become a personal trainer. And I thought, okay, I'll stay here for the summer. I'll, I'll do this and you know, I had just, left a job where I had just gotten laid off from a job at a nonprofit where I was taking myself through nursing school working and I just gotten laid off from that job and I called Dustin crying and I'll never forget this I called him crying I'm like I just lost my job they have budget cuts they don't need me anymore and he was laughing <laughs> I was like what are you doing why are you <laughs> laughing at me and he's like you're not gonna believe this but I talked to a gym owner here or a manager at a gym here and he said if you are everything that I say you are come down here with your athletic career and your background, he'll give you a job and he'll put you through a personal training certification. And at that point I was like, well, I, I don't have anything else to lose. Like I, I don't have a job right now. It's summer between nursing school semesters. So I thought I'd go down to Charlotte and start working and, you know, obviously be with him, but also just like make some extra money during the summer to put sure. myself through nursing school. Sure. And so you, you take the job, I mm -hmm. assume. You're yeah. in Charlotte now. Yeah. How does royal change begin to come uh, in, in form. What's the process there now that you're into personal training and, yeah. and you're getting your feet wet in Charlotte? Yeah, it was uh, a, definitely a slow growth. Um, as you know, probably personal trainers don't make any money. So um, I came down thinking I was going to do personal training for the summer and then go back to nursing school. And uh, it probably goes without being said, I fell in love with it. And now that's what we were talking about earlier. Like what's full potential Sydney. I felt like that was full potential Sydney. Like mm. I am on fire for Brenda doing her first push up. Like it yeah, was a yeah. huge deal to me. These sure. people are, are getting stronger. I'm not just setting them on a machine. I'm, I'm giving them an experience that I was given my whole life just being an athlete. And so I fell in love with it. Um, decided, you know, this is probably really going to be tough, but I feel lit up here and I don't feel lit up going back to nursing school. So um, Dustin was like, we'll give it some time. You know, he yeah. saw my first paycheck. It was less than $200. <laughs> and I was like, dang it. But right. I knew I loved it. So, sure. um, what are some, what are some ugly moments that, that you probably haven't talked about before about what you were willing to do and sacrifice just to keep it alive, just to make it work? Yeah. Like were there moments where you're traveling down to South Carolina to work mm -hmm. for a client or, or, you know, yeah. funny moments or, uh, serendipitous moments that show just how much you really wanted to make it work. Yeah, I think, I mean, I I came to Charlotte not knowing anyone, but I also came to Charlotte with no support as well. So I came down with everyone thinking, you know, you are moving in with, at the time, a boyfriend, which was really unsupported by my family. You're mm. going down to chase a pipe dream. Fitness is a hobby. You're not an athlete anymore. You can't turn this into a career. So, so is this noise in the back of your head at that constantly. time really affecting you? Very much. Yeah, okay. very much affected me on, on a personal level. I had zero support. And so what, at that same time. What was your time, mentality? How are you breaking through that, showing up every day? A lot of yeah. people get, they, they really do get um, completely paused by their self-talk. Yeah, um, yeah. What, what were your ways to break through sort of that fear of judgment, um, f the fear of risk, yeah. fear of failure. Yeah. What was your mindset? Self -talk. All of those things. Like yeah. you said, it was, it was, you know, what if they're right? And what if I do fail? Or what if this is a hobby and I can't turn into anything? It was, it was definitely in the back of my mind. But uh, I knew that the way that I felt leaving work, where I would work for maybe 30 minutes a day, or I would just like roam the gym looking for someone to let me help them, you know, right. I, I just felt so fulfilled and so proud of the, the changes that I was making in someone else's life and I really enjoyed it. So it was like what I had been given my whole life as an athlete, I was able to turn that around and give people that experience. Um, and I knew, you know, there wasn't a lot of support, but I think in a way it conditioned me to uh, face what we face now with a digital fitness company. Like mm -hmm. they're 
everyone will say whatever they want to you on YouTube. They're ruthless. Like Can't no matter what, you Can't are wait. you're wrong in some way or you're you know something. Everyone says something online. So I think in a way, not having any support. And Dustin was actually traveling the whole first year that I moved down here. So he was working in Raleigh. I was here by myself, just trying to get anyone to let me train them. Trying to do free boot camps. Trying to do go to people's houses. Trying to work at multiple gyms and trying to sell programs online or whatever anyone would let me do, just trying to exhaust my options. Because Dustin kind of gave me this like ultimatum a little bit. And he was like, cool. give it a year. We all need that. We'll be realistic. Yeah. If it's not working, then you've got nursing school. So I knew I had to bust my butt. And no matter what anyone was saying, I was like, I'm, I'm going to dive all into this because this is yeah. fulfilled Sydney. Great that he put that sort of antagonistic framework around it because yeah. that unlocked that competitive nature for you and that yeah. no lose type attitude. So I was a part of the scale, right? Yeah. Uh, kind of the scale story of yours. I'll never forget going to Stacks, Freedom Park. Yes, yes, yes. You busted my tail. And we need a moment really quickly before we get into that. I have a gift for you here <laughs> oh at Wheelhouse. Oh my gosh. Um, let me put this on camera there, Kevin. Um, we got a little Shred 2X uh, oh my disc here, and it's, it's hilarious, all of our friends that are on the page here. <laughs> we wanted to give this oh to you sort of gosh. as a commemoration of you getting into this part of scale, Aww. getting your feet wet, and there's so yeah. many pieces of your essence, um, which is in now in the YouTube space, right, yeah. the digital space, that have, that like came together through all these past uh, yeah. experiences, right, oh like gosh. keep going That's moments. So, so let's talk, let's talk a little bit about scale. Okay. And, and what happened in your mind where you were like, okay, now I've got a bit of a base mm -hmm. and now we're trying to, to spin this thing up to something that could be to support our lifestyle a little bit more and, and yeah. be a little bit bigger. Yeah. Um, I think it, it was all about, like I mentioned, we didn't know anyone moving to Charlotte. I didn't know a single person besides Dustin. So it was a lot of how can I meet people? How can I get out there? How can I make sure um, there's awareness around me. Like I have this athletic career that is pretty convincing that people would trust me over just a stranger in the street because I have a background, I have lifelong training. And so I knew I just had to get that style of training and that energy and that passion that I had out there to people. Um, so it was a lot of connection. As you know, that's how sure. we met. It's just Instagram. It's free boot camps in the park. It's, yep. you know, what can we do to meet more people and meet more people um, and just turning it from, I guess, the the scalability kind of came when Dustin proposed to me in uh, March of 2016. Um, he picked up a camera to try to make, the, he says, take the cheap way out. But he says <laughs> to try and get the uh, the time frame or the time lapse picture of the sunset. But he was setting up a camera to take a picture of us when he proposed to me. Wow. And he's always been very artistic, super, super artistic. He can draw incredibly well and so I think that's when it started um, when he realized like okay I, I have a pretty good grasp on how I want things to look on a picture I can you know use my artistic eye and make it come to life through a lens now and so he was like well I'll help you with you know your social media your marketing your awareness wow. your you know we would take uh, free or we take pictures of every single boot camp I'd be training and running around yeah, like a I crazy remember. woman and he's running around filming on a, a stabilizer taking pictures yep. and we put those up on Instagram and give them to people for free and say hey repost this and yep. they just kept getting bigger and they kept getting bigger and so I think it was the scalability kind of came in that collaborative time period where Dustin was picking up a camera and he was helping me and he was getting freelance jobs from the work that he was doing on my marketing so it was kind of that transition. So really phase. that period of time now that I think about it was his preseason to be able to be ready he was training. for yeah. the, 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 the YouTube career that it is now yeah. so that was a really transformative time where he was catching up and you guys were trying things that moves you into this this next phase of your life. Yeah. Um, but there's some really pivotal things that, that yeah. have happened, you know, um, being a, a, a friend of yours for many years, um, would love to chat about sort of the time period with your brother, Zach. Mm -hmm. um, never got to meet Zach, but always saw your posts. Yeah. Uh, he's obviously in the, you know, former Marine, right? Yes. In the military. Yeah. Um, so super disciplined guy. Um, let's get into, let's get into the story with Zach. Yeah. Um, is he older than you or younger than you? He was two years younger, almost to the day. So we always okay. shared birthdays growing up. And, you know, that got, got old when we were like teenagers. And, uh, but we were about a week apart in terms of birthdays. Um, he had just gotten married. He had just had a daughter. Um, I think she was about uh, a year old 
when he had his accident. And um, he, he and his wife and a bunch of their friends were riding ATVs. They had a wreck and he was in the hospital for about two weeks, um, severe brain damage. It never got better. Basically, a long right. story short, he, he was in the hospital and you know we lived in the waiting room for about 15 days just waiting mm -hmm. on something positive to happen and everything was negative. It was infection, it was no brain function, it was right. et cetera. So um, yeah, he, he didn't make it and it was it's just one of those times in your life where you're like, why does someone like this deserve something like that? You know, right. he, he had just gotten married. He had a baby who, you know, unfortunately isn't even going to remember him, which is what haunts me every day. And sure. he won't be a part of any of my future memories or my kids' lives or anything like that. So it's just, it was definitely a pivotal moment for us business-wise, but also personally, just having to grasp that you don't have any idea when your time is up, like yeah. when your clock is over. So yeah. like there's there's no warning and it's sudden. And, you know, if he would have had a chance to fight for his life, I'm sure he would have. But, sure. you know, he, he didn't have a chance to do that. And so that kind of helped us to realize you, you don't have forever to, to figure out how to make this thing work. Um, and First of all, I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah, thank you, you. know, um, the community came and rallied around you guys really well. Truly that was, did. That was inspiring to see. Yeah. Um, and I'm sh I, I can't r relate in any way, mm -hmm. but I can imagine the pain that you went through at that time yeah. um, was transformative. You know, I'm not sure if you follow Mike Posner, but, but he's got uh, Mike Posner, former singer. He's yeah, yeah. now, uh, you know, really propelled to help people in a, in a type of way because of his father's passing mm. really southern kind of scenario yeah and it's become a huge driver for him mm -hmm. and I believe now that it has become such a driver for you to have that antagonist yes. behind you again sort of like when Dustin gave you the, the little bit of a yeah. the year ultimatum now yeah. it's like I don't I'm playing against the clock here life is short yeah talk to me about your mindset shift um, were, were you down for a number of months or was it just some time? What was the process of going through it and then turning on the next level sort of drive and, and, and focus that you have now? Yeah, I think there, there was a time period where I think I was just reacting and I was trying to make sure everyone else was taken care of. Like I'm trying to make sure my parents were OK. I was trying to make sure, you know, arrangements were made. I was trying to make sure I was the strong one um, in the family. And so. I think I never really had a chance to like dial back and just let myself sink into this pain. Mm. Um, you know, we had, like you said, the community kind of rallied around me with uh, fundraisers and with photo shoots to support um, a gym that, you know, long story short, I felt like my brother gave me a message through this gym in Charleston called CrossFit Never Give Up. Um, we actually went there to do a photo shoot right around the time that he was in the hospital. And they gave me a t-shirt to give him because they knew he was in the hospital. They wanted me to tell my never give up story. And I was initially going to go in and say, you know, I, my never give up story was when I moved to Charlotte and I just pursued this fitness career. And then um, that happened to him. And they gave me this t-shirt to give to him that said never give up on the chest. And the next day he passed. And so I felt like that was his message to me was, you know, hold on to the shirt and whatever you do, don't give up. Wow. So... Dustin and I had been working together on his freelance projects. Um, he was working for, you know, Nike and the NBA and Randy Moss and Eat the Bear, the, the supplement company, and a lot of local uh, jobs and a lot of big scale jobs that he fell into from people seeing him doing my marketing. Um, so I was helping him out with either being his assistant or being like the, the model in the picture or whatever it needed to be. He was helping me on that end. And in that time period, we were pretty aware that eventually we were going to get into something where we worked for ourselves together. But um, Zach passing was kind of the proponent that pushed us. It was like our gas pedal. Like you have to figure out how to make it work now instead of just waiting for the perfect time or waiting for when it feels comfortable sure. or like when you have enough money or yeah. when everything's settled, you know. So that, that kind of pushed us into let's step it up now. So back to this exposure moment. Mm -hmm. Who are you watching in the YouTube space that is influential doing it in a way that you like that maybe you're modeling? Is there someone that you're watching that you're like, 
I like the way they're doing that, and I think yeah. YouTube might be a place for us to start. What, how did that work? Well, it actually started with just digital products, so it didn't start immediately with YouTube. Okay. Um, we got a studio in South End, and we initially thought, okay, we're going to have um, our own personal training studio, and then maybe we'll have this stage in the background while I do workout videos, and we'll have the place to post them on YouTube. Um, and we moved into that studio, and we figured out it just wasn't practical. Like, we, we didn't have enough parking. Right. We didn't have enough space to do both of those things. So when we started building the stage, it grew as, you know, stages do here. It, you need so much space to be able to cover from camera angles all the white space. So right. as we built the stage, we're like, okay, we can't have any equipment in here. We've got, like, five square feet left. So uh, it initially started with that studio and... Dustin actually built the whole entire stage by hand. He just researched how to build things, and um, we we went into it thinking we're just going to do digital fitness products, like a, a ten workout program or whatever yeah. it is. So we had a place to do something digital because Zach passing also kind of forced us to think bigger. You know, how are you going to take your training clients every single day for sixty hours a week, and after that time's over, you have nothing to show for it. Right. So I wanted to to scale more. Um, we we watched Casey Neistat on, on YouTube, which yep. I don't really say that I, I don't necessarily think that I have any fitness influences off YouTube, but Casey Neistat's consistency was something that no one else was doing. Right. And I knew that, you know, with my athletic background, with having um, the crew of Dustin, yeah. uh, which, you know, a lot of personal trainers don't have that ability to link up with a photographer or videographer, someone who knows lights and knows sound, and he did all this research to make it work. So it was a consistency influence from YouTube, but it, it kind of forced us to figure out as we went, as we built the stage, you know, we're, we're selling these digital products, and, but how do we do more? So where's Dustin's head at as a CPA, mm. putting more and more time into the creative side of life? You talk about how much he supported you on one side. He also, you know, what, what was that like as more yeah. and more time starts going to the creative? How are you supporting him if there's a you know a moment of a pivot there, yeah, impending. You it know? was definitely a pivot for him as well mentally. Um, he he takes from Zach's passing. If he were to pass tomorrow at that time, if he were to pass the day after Zach passed, he would be so upset with himself for not taking that risk uh. and not stepping into what he was doing on his lunch hour or doing after work until like two in the morning. And I would have yeah. to tell him like, shut your laptop. You have to go to work in four <laughs> hours. You know, cool. he was spending all of his his extra time outside of being an accountant doing these freelance jobs and he loved it. And so that was that pivotal moment of Zach passing was the only positive that came out of it was kind of like a kick in the butt for us to number one, realize we don't have forever and we don't want to regret not taking a risk. Um, and number two, we've got both sides of the equation for a scalable fitness company. Like we have to do it now. So you're sitting at the table, he's just made a pivot. Mm. You're not sure how to monetize in the digital space quite yet. Right. I would imagine you have to get some audience going and you have to get some momentum before you can release the digital products and yeah. have success and so on and so forth. Like it takes yeah. so much more time and we'll get back into that. But does fear start to arise when the after first two weeks or the first paycheck is supposed to arrive and it doesn't arrive and all of a sudden it's real that you're yeah. now online entrepreneurs and it's all up to what you're able to create. Like, what is that season of time like? Yeah, I think it, I think honestly, it, it probably from the outside looks like, you know, things were just going well. But when we moved down here, and I think growing up for both of us, we both didn't grow up with a ton of money. So when we moved down here, I was still in like a clunker car. He was still in a clunker car. We, I told you he worked out of town for a while. My car broke down when he was out of town and I had to have some dudes like push it up a garage, um, <laughs> parking, parking deck in the garage and, uh, we didn't have enough money to get it towed to the shop, so he actually had to fix it in the parking garage. His car broke down, and we went to see Christmas lights on the NASCAR, um, the NASCAR track. So it was like a, a couple years of we understand that it can be tough. Sure. Um, we understood that you know people don't have access to fitness, which is kind of what we grew into. But it was definitely we knew it was going to be a struggle, and we knew what, that was a big risk of no paycheck anymore. Um, destiny is completely up to you. We'd been in that space for a while where it was really hard making ends meet um, with him supporting my entire personal training career for like the first year and a half that I was here. Um, so it was just kind of like, 
let's let's get ready and let's do this thing. It's going to be tough for a while, absolutely, but if we never start, we're never going to know when of course. what we're capable of or, you know, what we could do with this. So 169,000 subscribers. Mm-hmm. What's your daily growth rate rate right now? Uh, I think we're adding about 400 new subscribers every day. 400 with, new people a day. Yeah, with it it's just kind of like grown uh linearly throughout the the time period of when well when we first started I should say it wasn't like that it was sure but you you're at like almost 700 videos which you haven't missed a day you mm-hmm. made a video a day yeah so if you could take this exact version of Sydney mm-hmm. and you could teleport her back in time to the Sydney on day one of really getting into YouTube what would be some key components that you would talk to her about or teach her or give her like what were some of the really important lessons that you that you've learned over across this year and a half yeah, that's a good question. I would say that, that everything that you've gone through is, is setting you up to be braced or to be strong enough to face everything you're going to have to get through again. Yeah. Um, like moving down here with making no money and, and growing up with not having like all the luxury clothing brands or anything like that, um, losing Zach, it, it was a lot of uh, tough times. It, it definitely looks like it's all glamorous from like a YouTube pers- perspective, but um, it was hard. So I would say to her, you know, understand that it's not going to be easy yeah. and you're going to have to figure out inner strength to keep going on the days where it's really hard and you're really tired and your body hurts and, you know, your heart hurts for missing your brother or, you know, whatever happens, money gets tight. It's going to be tough for sure. Sure. Um, but it will with consistency pay off, but you've got to stay so on top of it. just don't drop that ball. You have to keep creating, even if you're uploading something and the viewers, the viewership and whatnot is is not what you're expecting or hoping. Yeah. You have to be able to push through that. What yeah. about tactically? What are some things tactically that you've learned about the YouTube landscape that have helped you be able to monitor maybe the data mm-hmm. or maybe it's building a community and having support from other people? Because yeah. you're global now. Mm-hmm. I mean, your Facebook group, you were telling me off, off camera, it's like 700 individuals from X yeah. amount of different you know countries. Yeah. What what kept you going along that time? Was it simply your desire mm. to not let this ball drop? Yeah, I think it was both Dustin and I like not wanting to let each other down yeah. as well. Um, but we did do a lot. We still do a lot of of looking at the analytics and looking at the numbers and figuring out what works, what really doesn't work. Um, for the beginning of the channel, it was a lot of five-minute abs or 10-minute glutes or 10-minute cardio, 20-minute hit workouts or whatever. And and the more we analyzed, um, Dustin is on the back end saying like every workout that you do that's longer, views go up. And every wow. workout from five to 10 minutes, people were like, we would love a 20-minute. And every yeah. time we did a 20-minute, people were like, we would love a 30-minute. And it kept doing that. And he was like, you're not going to like this, but the most views that your channel has is a 60-minute workout. So we figured out from looking at data, looking at audience reaction, looking at what people kind of tell you that they want, what they don't like, what they like, um, we figured out that supply-demand, that the more we supply what they want, the greater the demand we create. So it did take a lot, and it still does. We still do a lot of analytics on what people do like, what people don't like, and that's kind of helped us transition our, our supply demand in the beginning, we kind of met their demands and now they're kind of coming to us and we're kind of supplying what I know that they need as far as like a strength and conditioning program. And right. you don't just need cardio, you don't just need abs, but you need a full programmed workout that, that makes sense in terms of what a trainer would do for you in person and, and what you need. You don't just need like three pound dumbbells and some cardio, you need some strength training, you need some conditioning, you need just like we as athletes were given our whole life, you need that whole component of wellness instead of just you know let's do 20 minute cardio and then yeah, yeah. call it a day and we'll do it again tomorrow what was it like when you've had your first viral video million views or more um it was not the one i expected really <laughs> it was not yeah we have our our highest performing video has over a million views and it's or it has over yeah over a million views and it's a butt and thighs mini band burnout workout no way no idea why i, I guess it was posted somewhere like a pinterest or someone's page but sure. It's like four times what, or it's two times what our, our second highest performing video is. No idea why. I'd so you guys just hanging out and all of a sudden you're getting notifications on YouTube yeah. that like this thing's really catching steam? How, do, how does that work? Or is it just one day you wake up over, overnight and it's, and it's caught? 
Yeah, it definitely wasn't overnight. It was, like I was saying, the analytics played a big thing or a big role into it. In February of 2018, Dustin came in again, another ultimatum. He was still doing all of his freelance work and he was still, you know, trying to figure out what the heck is this going to form into. So uh, we were peppering in workouts. We had a digital program that we had just launched. We would do two or three um, workout videos a week. I was still personal training like 60 clients a week. So we were still like no time at all um, invested into the YouTube channel. I knew we weren't really going in all the way. Um, and Dustin came in and was like, I'm not gonna stick with this if we're not gonna go in all the way. Like I yeah. can do so many other things that could absolutely be lucrative for me. You could just do personal training. Uh, at that time it was taking you know, an hour to film the video, an hour to get ready, an hour to, to uh, get back home and set it up and the export and the upload and the editing, it was like a 12 hour job. And so he was like, we're either gonna go all in or we're not gonna go in anymore at all. Sure. So February 1st of 2018 was when we decided to do a workout every single day and give people kind of the experience that they were coming to their personal trainer and wherever they were in their house or in, in the gym and that personal trainer was gonna show up for them every single day and it would be consistent and it would be programmed in a way that made sense that wasn't just for the fads or for what right. the, the hot topics were and it was you know, an athletic background and that kind of helped us grow just the consistency of, of a strategic program with uh, Dustin being able to do, learn about lighting and learn about the stage design and learn about editing. And, and so I think that was kind of a, a turning point for us mentally at least and that's where we saw continual growth was every single day you show up. How do you guys not want to kick each other spending that much time around <laughs> each other? I can't even imagine. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. What are, what are some advice for couples that do want to create content or pages together? How do you keep each other, uh, keep boundaries between each other so you have your own space and time? Yeah. Um, and how do you make sure that you keep the relationship the priority yeah. and not the growth of the business, right? Which could be easy sometimes, I'm sure. What have you learned and what can you teach about that? Yeah, I would say definitely go into it understanding what both of your goals are. Like, what do you both want to get out of this? And if that's drastically different, then, you know, maybe step back, don't dive in yet, reevaluate. Um, I think working together has made us stronger than we've ever been because we complement each other in a way where um, it's very equal, the effort that we're putting in, and we both understand the common goal is to give free fitness to people, um, make it as accessible as possible every single day because we grew up not having access to personal trainers or sure. gym memberships or anything like that. So our common goal has always been to give uh, people accessibility to fitness. And you know, there are definitely days where we're like, oh my gosh, I can't stand you today. Yeah, yeah, we sure. still have to do a job, but I think it's brought us closer because we, we're on the common ground of we are so passionate about this mission and this company that we can put those differences aside enough to know that our, our vision is bigger than just us. And right. in that way, it's brought us together. I think we're stronger than we've ever been. Communication is better because it has to be. Um, we do have trouble shutting off, um, diving into the business because when you figure out that your, um, your destiny is again up to you and it's not just like you can do this many hours of work, but you can change this many lives, then it is really hard to shut off. But I think it, it's harder for us to not be doing that and we get so frustrated and like yeah. pent up with what we could be doing something that benefits us and benefits other people that we're on that same page of let's just keep diving in and, and doing what we're best at and what we love and doing it together has always been kind of the dream so just making sure that it's it's a common vision you know yeah we talk about big mo momentum I, yeah. I, I truly believe momentum is the strongest force in in the universe totally agree um and once you get the ball rolling, the doors that the, the big mo will open for you are incredible. So let's talk a little bit about, all right, February 1, 2018, yeah. you go a video a day. Boom, yeah. you've got your schedule, you're, you're creating your content calendar, you guys are, are, are generating big mo. Mm -hmm. And now I hear like YouTube's calling now. You're showing up in you know, New York, LA, big mo is really starting yeah. to happen. So talk to me a little bit about some of the things that are coming by way of big mowing your life that yeah. were not happening six, eight, 12 months ago. Yeah, I think it took us a while. I mean, there was definitely a grind of like eight months where nothing happened, but 
just putting in the work of us just having to be patient and understanding like we were talking about before the interview the the adpocalypse youtube kind of reevaluate how they paid their creators um with youtube advertisers give them money to put uh ads on creators videos wherever they decide before after in the middle uh we can't do it in the middle because you know if you saw a paper towel workout or a paper towel ad in the middle of your workout you'd be like I'm done I don't I don't want to do this anymore so yeah. youtube gets um uh, money from advertiser advertisers to put on your videos and they had just been going through the adpocalypse adpocalypse of reevaluating how the advertisers money was being spent so there was that whole transition when we first got into it and we were like oh my gosh now it's going to be so much harder and take so much longer for us to get into a place where um youtube asks us to be a partner so there was a long time where we were just grinding it out every single day and and Dustin was on on the flip side of that he was like this is going to be genuine this is going to be real you know yeah. the views are real you know that all of the the time spent watched is real now because they're taking it seriously so Um we started February. We didn't get asked to be a YouTube partner until like 8 months later. And that's when, you know, you can put ads on your channel or whatever. And from there, I would say kind of that like second pivotal moment um after Zach's passing and Dustin decided we can go all in together was when we did start getting the YouTube partnership and we started growing a community outside of just Charlotte or just people that knew us in West Virginia, but it was worldwide. Um we actually grew to a point where um YouTube opens up YouTube spaces so they have like creator mm. facilities in all the big cities like Berlin and London and New York and are these pop-up LA. facilities or are these no, like they're like facilities big yeah cool. they're big stationary facilities with uh, probably like 10 or 12 different sets that you can go set up in there's different aesthetics in every one and after you get to a certain amount of subscribers i think it was 100,000 subscribers and so many minutes viewed you get access to go through a training to be able eligible to go to these facilities so we were like let's we've got to go like yeah, we yeah. had really no idea what we were going to do but we were like let's just go to the new york one and right before we went uh maybe a month out we were like why don't we see if people would want to like meet up with us and just meet the the trainer that they train with every day and the community that they work out with every day they won't see each other in person but why don't we see if we could do like a meet and greet and sure. do it in central park you know it'll be public so it'll be safe and um i think that was our next pivotal moment we we walked into central park and it was like people yelling at us from over no the gates we're like Sydney your workouts are spicy I'm no like, way <laughs> who are they talking to and yeah. dust was like they're talking to you that's an like, amazing moment oh my gosh so we did a meet up in new york city we did another one in houston we did another one in la which was another youtube space um just trying to connect with the community let them connect yeah. with each other as well because yeah. for the most part people are working out alone um in their house or you know wherever so that was kind of a, a pivotal moment for us where um Dustin was caught off guard at how many people knew him because sure. I I give like a behind the scenes view of everything um so it was really surreal getting to see all the work that we put in every single day and it's just like we go through and we complete the project and we upload it and we get up and do it again then you get to see lives changed yeah. and people in person and these people telling you their stories about how maybe you saved their life maybe they were in such a bad place mentally that you pulled them out of that dark spot dark spot and helped them realize you know there's hope for me and i can't tell you how many people have just like cried into my chest like you saved my life and it that's i don't even know how to comprehend that but it's it's pivotal in so cool. understanding every day that you don't want to do it you get so tired you're changing people's lives and it it's not just a video it's it's a life changer for someone it's someone well, losing you sacrificed your life for them and mm. there's a little moment that we haven't quite talked about yet but mm. in building the studio there was a little altercation that happened yeah. just outside the studio and i believe that from what i saw you got to see um your community really love on you during yeah. the time that was uh Un, like I can't even fathom no, the idea of it but let's get in Same let's get into the story mm-hmm. um midway through how how early is it into the studio build that um you actually get shot yeah uh, yeah so we, i let's, yeah let's get into I that i got shot i don't i don't even know how to say that without being like, you got shot what? 
Yeah. It's unbelievable to think about. It is, yeah. And it was actually right after we were approved for the YouTube partnership. It was really? July that that happened. And then the day after my birthday in September, the shooting happened. We were, um, I was still training personal training clients. So I was uh, training them in the evening. And then we went to the studio. Dustin was working there on the, I think it was like an edit or something like that. And so we filmed another workout. We were closing up. And it was normal for us at that time to be there pretty late, like 9.30. So we walked out of the studio, we locked the door, we turned around and there had been like some car break-ins and we saw people walking up the street and I was like, oh great, they're probably gonna go, you know, break into a car or something. Um, and we turned down the stairs to walk towards our cars and all of a sudden I hear like, don't move. And I hear someone whisper that and I was like, I don't think they were talking to us. So I look back over my left shoulder and I see the flicker of a gun in a street light and it's, it's like a little tiny gun and I don't see anything but four guys in black hoodies. I couldn't see any faces. I couldn't see anything but a gun that was shining. And Dustin was right in front of me. It point, it's pointed at you, I assume. Pointed at me, yeah. And Dustin's like right, right in, your in face? front of me. You said yeah. 10, 15 feet away from about me? About 15 feet away, wow. I would say. Uh, just looking down the barrel of a gun. And at that time, I thought maybe they would threaten us to like take our backpacks. I never thought they would shoot. So I was like, Dustin, get in the car, get in the car, they have a gun. And um, he gets in the car, I get in the car, and right as I'm pulling my leg to get in the car, uh, they start shooting. And there were eight shots fired, and I don't know which one it was, but one of them hit under Dustin's car and bounced up and went through my foot. And uh, I didn't realize that it had happened until we were, Dustin was getting us out of there, and we were both screaming and um, kind of crying, kind of screaming at the same time. And I was hunkered in the floor and I reached down and noticed that my foot was, or my hand was wet. And I was like, Dustin, I've been shot. And he was on the phone with, uh, you know, the 911 operator at that time. So then we both start screaming again, like, oh are, my gosh. Are you, in, are you in pain? Like, so you didn't no. even, your adrenaline's running, you don't even recognize yeah, it. Yeah, we been were shot. such like flight mode sure. um, that I had no pain at all. And uh, we were on the phone with the operators. They told us to pull over into a parking lot um, the ambulance was closer to us than we were to the hospital. So, um, you worried pulling over that maybe these individuals are on in yes. pursuit of you? Like, yeah. are you frightened to even do that to yeah. pull over? Yeah. Yeah, we got out of there and I mean, we drove probably about a mile towards the hospital and they told us just pull over and um, they instructed Dustin on how to like put pressure on my foot and I had my foot like laying up on the top of the car and he was holding pressure on it while on the phone with them and then the ambulance comes and yeah I'm, I'm thinking what if yeah. they wanted to finish the job like what right. if they're still coming um, but luckily they didn't so we got to the hospital they did emergency surgery on me it actually uh, fractured my heel bone and then almost hit my Achilles tendon but it didn't thank goodness um, but it did hit a lot of nerves in there and so they did emergency surgery. They put a bunch of bone wax on my heel bone because it, it shattered the top of it, um, which they did the surgery wrong. Long story short, I'm still kind of dealing with that recovery process and, and pulling like bone wax out of my foot because it's still rejecting it. They weren't really? supposed to leave that in there. Wow. Yeah, but um, yeah, it was, it was right after we felt like, okay, this is getting, we're getting serious. Like this is turning into what business we want it to. And yeah. then then that happens. And it, it's hard for me to say I was just a victim of gun violence because Dustin was shot at too. So sure. it's, it's, we both deal with those uh, post-traumatic repercussions. Like it's, we don't go outside at night by ourselves anymore. You know, every, every little like noise is really uh, eerie to us. You know, we're a lot more skeptical of people yeah. and you still deal with like the nightmares of it happening again. And um, it, it's, it's hard, but it, it didn't necessarily like make us pivot or anything. It just made us think, again, you, you don't have forever. You don't know how grateful you are, uh, or you don't know how grateful you should be for your life until it's almost taken away from you. So I have a, I have a, a little gun story as well. It's not mm. quite like yours, okay. but 2009, I'm a rookie with Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Get in in January. In February, we fly to Tanzania. The east on the east coast of Africa. Oh wow! And we're we're having a two week stint in Tanz they call it Tanzania, but like Tanzania. Okay. And we're going to play against multiple professional teams there in the Tanzanian national team. So I'm 22 years old, mm -hmm. fresh off the plane from yeah. Charleston, South Carolina. I had yeah. a mullet at this time. Didn't want to listen <laughs> like, to anybody. We're traveling. Yeah, yeah, we're I'm in Africa, <laughs> yeah. and we're at this hotel. It's called the Sea Cliff Hotel. Beautiful mm. resort. 
literally on the cliff of Tanzania. Oh, wow. Um, and they gave us one instruction. And the instruction was, whatever you do, do not leave the premises mm. at any time oh, without security. Well, we had just beaten the Tanzanian national team. And there's a casino connected to the resort. Uh -huh. So we're in, having a great time. Drinks are going around. Yeah. I'm hanging out with Martin Nash, who's Steve Nash. Steve mm -hmm. Nash's brother, okay. he's our captain. Okay. It's like these, the most memorable moment of my life. Yeah. And I walk outside. I walk outside because I wanna go out and see the sea cliff. I mm -hmm. wanna go like look at what I can actually only see through the window. And I'm sitting just on the sea cliff and the next thing uh, I hear is, hey. Mm -hmm. And I turn around and it is one of the security guards from the sea cliff hotel with an assault rifle Oh my pointed God. at me and here's what I have to this say is insane. I didn't I couldn't move like I was yes. when you talk about fight or flight I was just You're you paralyzed. Know, I was paralyzed yeah now I didn't think I was gonna be it was a threat he ended up wanting my money mm -hmm. and luckily one of the buddies you know ended up coming out and, and looking for me had seen me leave yeah. and got me out of that situation yeah so not even comparable in any way to, to your story but the fact that you thought Let's run. Let's get out. Let's get into the car and get away. Yeah. I, I couldn't even imagine in that moment trying to run because I was so paralyzed. So yeah. that's awesome that you guys were able to like get out. It was out insane. And, and I, don't, I don't even know that I thought about what to do. I was just like. It was instant reaction. Yeah. Something. Yeah. You have to move. And, and I don't even know if I mentioned when we were getting into the car, I looked back and there were two guns pointing at us. So it was wow. two shooters. Sure. Um, it doesn't make it any less insane, but no. it's it's just like. Why? Why does this stuff happen to people? Yeah. Like, why did they want to shoot someone? Why are they trying to stop us from doing something so great to help people all over the world? Well, they world? couldn't stop you. So yeah. you're still, at that time, are you making videos still with, with an injured no, leg? No, we were using videos that we had, like, kind of uh, produced previously, like, stop before we had a, a, yeah. a good audience. So we were using older videos and reposting them um, cool. because I, I was in a wound vac, I was in a boot, sure. I was in... A cast. I was, you know, I couldn't put weight on my foot for about four months because of all the nerve damage and the bone damage, and um, yeah, it was. So we were using old videos, and and that's kind of when, like you said, the community kind of rallied around us yeah. because we had just created this our first big like online community membership challenge. Literally, it was supposed to start the Monday after the shooting happened on a Monday. It was supposed to start the next Monday. Wow. So waking up from surgery, that's the first thing that I thought. Like, these people are going to think we're frauds. Yeah. They're going to think we're just taking their money, right. you know. So that's when we put out a video on YouTube, like, I got shot. This isn't clickbait. Just to, That's why we put it out, because people had paid to be in this big challenge group with us, and I was shot. So obviously, I couldn't do any new workouts, but we still gave them... Uh, daily workouts, their nutrition program. Uh, Dustin and I took nutrition courses in college, and I'm a fitness nutrition specialist, so cool. that was a big accompanying part of their community membership, um, and they really rallied behind us and yeah. and embraced you know what we were still trying to do, and it just kind of kept growing from there. The service mindset is what's taking you to you guys to the next level. Mm. We'll continue to help you build a community as long as that's the pathway. So yeah. rounding this thing out, where where's your you're an individual vision. You and Dusty mm -hmm. Dustin definitely are know where you're going. Mm -hmm. So are there awards? Are there sponsorships? Are there uh, goals that you have mm -hmm. in uh, your your windshield right now that you're driving towards that you can share with us? Yeah, I think we, we definitely have big goals. Um, it's never really been about the money for us. Sure. Uh, just because we we came from not having a lot and we're kind of giving these workouts to people for free as that's a part of our company is the free workouts and you know I've got a lot of slack from that from people in the fitness industry like you're killing our industry like you giving free workouts kills the personal trainer industry but we just want to make fitness accessible for people yeah. you know you don't need to be at a certain demographic you don't need to be um, in, in close proximity to a gym you don't need to make this much money to have access to a good quality fitness experience um, and that's kind of what our whole company is founded on, just giving people that access. Yeah. Um, so growth from here, I think we're, we're kind of still pretty new in the game. Um, and we just want to do whatever we can to get these workouts out to more people, to get more people into um, our community where we can pour into them and, and teach them about the fact that it's a lifestyle and it's not a quick fix and give them the community support behind that. Um, we are pretty much maxed out on time right now, so sure. we do want to grow into 
bringing on some help, uh, whether that's in the graphics or the back end or an assistant or whatever that is. Um, we'd like to grow into a bigger filming set where there are more options for like backgrounds and um, yeah, I think it's just like continual growth at this point. I don't think there's any like award or monetary value. It's just the more people that get access to these workouts and to our company Royal Change that those are goals being met for us every day. Well, I want to honor you in, in your pursuit. Watching it from a distance has been incredible. Thank you. Um, obviously seeing all the different uh, endeavors that you were willing to put your both feet into mm. in, in order to get yourself here is phenomenal, right? And like the more we can share messages of people who are willing to embody the things, their dreams mm. and, and the work ethic that it takes to to realize those things is, is phenomenal. So yeah. for the Creating Space uh, tribe and, and group uh, and the community over this way, if they want to get in and learn more about all of your world and, and the fitness yeah. opportunities, what is the best way for them to tumble into your ecosystem uh, and to get started, Sid? Yeah, so I have the free workouts every day. We post every day at 5 a.m. on YouTube. Um, so if that would help in any way, that's an option. Um, I do Instagram stories are kind of where I keep the, the behind the scenes and the daily life stories going. Cool. Um, so Sydney Cummings on Instagram. And our community is the Sydney Squad on Facebook, or we have a membership community where everything's kind of hosted on Facebook. Um, the website is royalchange.fit, Facebook yeah. Sydney Cummings. So any, basically any social media avenue uh, or YouTube channel, just Sydney Cummings or Royal Change. Yeah, you guys got to get over. Every one of you in the in the in the community are worried about fitness, worried about uh, you know taking yourself and your life to the next level. You got to go check Sydney out, Sydney. Thank you so much for coming yeah, into the studio, tell, sharing your story, and I'm, I'm excited to watch yeah. uh, it grow. Next time when we come in in part two, we got to get Dustin in here. We'll bring Dustin to tell, in to tell that side of yeah. Of bring it, his, his side of the story well. into it too. Perfect. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you. Sid.